Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the CONCACAF Nations League final preview. The US, MNT, and Mexico revitalize their rivalry Sunday night. And also, we have the consolation game as Honduras face Costa Rica. We got former US, MNT stars Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce to break it all down. Analysis, betting tips, and much, much more. Kego Lasso, CONCACAF Nations League final preview begins right now. This Sunday, one of the world's fiercest international rivalries takes center stage as the U.S. MNT take Mexico with the Nations League Championship Trophy on the line in Denver. Will it be Greg Berhalter's squad and his first major trophy as head coach? Or will Tata Martino and El Tri keep continuing their message to say we are the kings of CONCACAF. The young Americans, boosted by the presence of Champions League winner Christian Pulisic, are looking to win their first major trophy since 2013 against a very talented Mexico side, which includes Irvin Chucky Lozano. Meanwhile, Costa Rica and Honduras face off in the third place game for the Consolation Bragging Rights. Stream both matches live on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com forward slash Nations League to get started. Everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso CONCACAF Nations League Final. This is the preview. The USMNT against El Tri Mexico Sunday night. You can watch it on Paramount Plus, of course, 9 p.m. Eastern. We also have the third place matchup Honduras against Costa Rica. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy C wearing stars and stripes. What's up, man? What's up? What's going on, everybody listening at home? We're happy to have you join us for this big preview. This is a really meaningful game for both countries, but I think a little bit more for the U.S. because I feel like under Tata Martino, Mexico already has an identity of how they want to play, and that's been proven given the fact that they've won so many games under him. But then with the U.S., I feel like we're still trying to identify who we are, how we're going to play in certain situations, and who our best 11 is. So I'm very excited for this one. Absolutely. Heath Pierce in the house, too. How's it going, man? Are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. I, you know, I, I thought, you know, today was going to be my off day, Luis. I threw on my Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt, was going to wander <laughs> around with my fanny pack, you know, pick up some new souvenirs in a new city, maybe stop by uh, Jimmy Saver Restaurant that, here in Denver, go to the you Hard Rock Denver, get a new t-shirt. Uh, but here we are talking about uh, U.S.-Mexico, which is what we all uh, anticipated. Obviously, we'll touch on the uh, consolation game as well. But yeah, really exciting time. You lost everybody at fanny pack. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. <laughs> listen, you're a grown listen, ass got, man. You're not I wearing got, a fanny pack anymore. I got, I got an old school Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. I collect them, you know, I'm a dad of three. I collect Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts and my cities of travel, I wear a fanny pack. I'll probably go out with you have socks, Tevas? Are you wearing Tevas and socks? No, no, but there's a lot of people in Tevas here, but I might wear like the, 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 um, maybe some Birkenstocks with socks, some calf socks, but you yeah. should be, you should be in that, uh, commercial, right. When you're turning into your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a live, uh, love and laugh, uh, poster on your wall as well? Yeah, no, I travel with one. I put it up every 
everywhere I go, you know, unfortunately, you know, Luis as the producer, uh, you know, of this podcast decided to say that, uh, we're not going to have that one on today. I had to take it down, but, uh, now I've got this beautiful backdrop that looks like I'm somewhere like Vail, Colorado or something like that, but I'm really, uh, this was like a little coffee bar and I turned it into my own studio. So I'm thriving. You did. You did. Uh, and I'm so excited to have both of you here. Of course, we have the CONCACAF Nations League USMNT against Mexico. So let's get straight into it. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, this is the big game. You mentioned, of course, uh, you made a good point, right? Uh, Mexico already kind of know who they are on the Tata, but this is it. Greg Berhalter's chance for his first major trophy as head coach. Let's begin with setting the scene here. Uh, what do you expect from this squad, even before the lineups, just how they're getting ready for this one? What do you expect? I would like to see some answers, I guess, to some questions that I have. And I referenced this in our podcast last night in the recap. When I've seen us play Mexico before, we try to go and do our plan A and our plan A and plan A. And when our plan A goes away, and Mexico is very good at taking that away, we try to obviously keep the ball in most situations. What are we going to do? What's our plan B? And is everybody on the same page with that plan B? Because I was there in New York when Mexico slapped us around 3-0. And I was, I, can't, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a better word, a softer word, but I was disgusted with how we played. When when Zach Steffen gets more touches on the ball than Christian Pulisic, that's a problem. Something's not working right. And, and we would need to work around that to figure out how we can change. And when I look at the stats last night, I, I then learned after our podcast last night that Christian Pulisic was the second, uh, the person had the second fewest touches on the field. Now I know he's having a long trip, but I know he's going to have some kind of emotional letdown from winning the Champions League. That, that's just a normal human being response, but we got to figure out a way we can get him the ball in areas where he can be dangerous. And I think that's going to be a big challenge for us, not only against Mexico, but any big time opponents we're playing moving forward in meaningful games. And I include big time opponents going on the road in CONCACAF to try to dig something out. How do we get our best players on the ball doing what they do best? That's going to be the biggest challenge for us against Mexico. And I'm curious, I know we're not getting to the starting lineup yet, but who are we going to start to make sure that we get those situations in, or more favorable situations for us? So it looks like we're running downhill. We're getting our best players running at that Mexican back line because I think we can create some chances and I think we can get opportunities. And then, of course, it's having the composure to finish off those opportunities. Yeah, uh, that Pulisic point there, Jimmy, uh, the player with the second fewest touches is a little bit alarming, especially because... One of those touches, it was a great through ball, I believe, and it nearly uh, capitalized on a goal. Heath, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> the Pulisic situation is tough, right? Because as Jimmy said, getting them in the best places to do where, what they can do or do their best. And I think they, we were not getting players in the right positions in spots on the field to be dangerous. Now, part of Pulisic uh, not having that many touches isn't, uh, is going to come down to some fatigue, right? And, 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 and uh, I was told by a few people within the within the organization of U.S. Soccer that Pulisic was tired. But, you know, this is a game that you get up for. It's a semifinal for something big. But they also weren't getting him into good spots. And he looked like he was having to sort of drift around to find the ball as opposed to finding him in good spaces where, again, I think the U.S. is best when they press well. And I don't think they press well. When they press well together, they get into, a, into spots where they are now attacking with speed. You have Gio Reyna, you have Christian Pulisic, who are some of the best young players in the world, if not the best players in the world, at running at guys, making them have to make decisions, running at them, creating chaos. 
But if you allow a team to recover and sit back and you're trying to break them down in the same way that Mexico might press, Mexico might drop. Um, you have to have another option, as Jimmy mentioned. It can't just be plan A. If it's plan B, are you utilizing the wide spaces? You know, you have Serginho Dest when he was on the other side, struggled to, to use the wide spaces. Anthony Robinson struggled to use the wide spaces. We didn't, we weren't high and wide. We weren't creating uh, numerical advantages in places that uh, allow you to just uh, get in and out of spaces and change that point of attack to now you have uh, an imbalance of a team, right? The whole idea is to move the ball around, change the point of attack. Now you have a numerical advantage and you attack uh, with emphasis. And I thought that that was missing. So against the Mexico squad, who actually really presses well, if you saw again in the first half uh, against Costa Rica, especially, and who knows at elevation, how long anybody can hold that up. Very difficult to break through. And the U.S. has to be willing to sort of adjust or tinker with their philosophy or style of play or, or system of play uh, when they get in certain positions of the field so they can spend more time. And I know, Jimmy, you mentioned this yesterday about putting the balls into channels and being able to lump them in behind that keeps teams honest that keeps teams I honest agree. to where now you get the ball further up the field now when when josh Sargent runs the channels two three times guess what hector moreno doesn't want to chase josh Sargent to the channel three times so on the third time he's either open or maybe he checks back lays it off go back up check back let you mm -hmm. play those little mind games that starts to open up spaces um and it keep makes, them guessing yeah it makes us it makes us more unpredictable which i think is what you're trying to say and, and it does keep them honest and and i do think that to your point with hector moreno he doesn't want to run the channels or even as me as a center back who loved to run yeah and nobody run the channels I, yeah. I didn't want to do it because you're running towards your goal you know you're going to be under a great deal of pressure even if you do get to the ball first either do i pass it back to my goalkeeper and risk that pass or do i lump it out of bounds i don't want to give up a corner what do i do here you know and so and you saw that jimmy of, by the way with brooks and Mc, and, and and uh mckinney i mean um um McKenzie. Uh, Mackenzie, sorry, I shouldn't. Your friend, Mark McKenzie. My, friend, you, you my, pod my podcast <laughs> yeah. co-host. Um, you know, you saw when they got dragged wide, when they got dragged in the channels, very uncomfortable. You know, they both made a few good plays out there, but they both got beat on a few plays over committing, feeling very far from their goal and those types of things. If you can pull center backs apart, especially when they're sitting with three of those guys on the Mexico squad, now I guess that they'll play with three. Uh, you know, you start to make them be confused as to who mm -hmm. steps, who drops, who, who's my guy. And then if you start to have those staggered runs in those half spaces, you look around and, and the, and the six doesn't know, <clears throat> do I take ballistic or do, do I, do I step out one Moreno? Do I step out one or, or do I sit back when, and, and you start to have these vulnerabilities and that's where you start to get uh, combination play in dangerous spaces. Mm -hmm. No. So what I was going to add, what I thought Honduras did a Sorry very good job on on Christian Pulisic was that they forced him to go get the ball a little bit deeper. It, not only was he frustrated trying to do that, but even when he did get the ball out wide, they always forced him into the middle, Heath. He wasn't necessarily taking where the space was. And the one time or a couple times that he did, when he did go to his left, we actually created, it was at least something dangerous. He got a corner or he he hit a cross or something happened that, that you could feel that Honduras was scrambling a little bit because he finally got isolated in a 1v1 situation. That's when he drops, you know, drops his shoulder right and goes to his left. When he goes to his right, he's running into a lot of traffic. And Mexico had to have watched that game, or their, their coaching staff will, or they're pretty probably pretty familiar with, with uh, Christian Pulisic at this point. But what ended up happening was Pulisic would then pick up the ball 40 yards away, maybe in the, the center circle. And I remember like 10 minutes into the game, he's putting his foot on the ball going, where? what do I do now? Like, who, who's supporting me? And now our balance is all off. So to your point, if he's dropping that deep to go get the ball, 
Now, if Anthony Robinson isn't creating that width on that left side, we become even more predictable and even more one-sided as we start to kind of slant towards Gio Reyna and Serginho Dest as Pulisic kind of glides into the middle of the field. And that's not a good setup for us by any stretch of the imagination. So there's going to have to be some discipline from Pulisic as well to trust his teammates to get him the ball. And he has to stay wide so that those passing lanes and those spaces open up so that he can do what he wants to do. But it's, it's obviously a lot easier said than done. And I remember that game in New York. I'm going to reference it again. I was Not that I was embarrassed, but I just... I know we're capable of more, and I was frustrated with what I was seeing. But I remember in that game as well thinking Pulisic is dropping way deep to go pick up the ball. And when he picks it up, he's now 60 yards away from goal, trying to run through four Mexican defenders. And guess what they do? He gets past one, they chop him down. He gets past two, they chop him down. They don't care. They're just going to foul. And, and now, yes, he's one of the most fouled guys. We see him get fouled all over the place. Champions League, Premier League with the national team. That's just kind of part of who he is, and that's part of his game because he's so quick. But that's what's going to happen here. It's always going to stifle some type of attack that he can generate because of his speed. But the closer we are to the box, they can't do that crap anymore. So that really kind of plays back to what we said when you first started. We got to hit a couple balls over the top to help make sure that we show some verticality so it'll open up space for these guys underneath that are so good in tight spaces to do their thing. So they're not just always in a bunch of traffic and can't really make any moves. Yeah, there's a great... Uh sentence paragraph uh, in a chapter in Jonathan Wilson's Inverting the Pyramid, where he talks about how when you face a three center back team, it can play to your advantage or disadvantage, meaning that if you have a sole striker. Well, that sure right? seems not like very uh, wise words. That's I'm getting, obviously, I mean, I'm getting into an it, advantage or not an advantage. Those are the only two options, Luis. Hey, 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 fanny pack. I'm getting in. <laughs> okay. Sorry for interrupting. I jumped the gun there. If Greg Berhalter uses a sole striker like he usually does with George Sargent, Right. And to your point about and, and I was even going to cheerlead your point, Heath. Now I'm not even going. <laughs> but if George Sargent pushes away one of those center backs like Hector Moreno, right, he he's able to create even more space, allowing either somebody like Pulisic or whatever entering and penetrating that side because three center backs can be tricky because if you don't know how to do it, you can either get lost without the formation line, meaning that you track one of those strikers, allowing a lot of space or you're super organized. Right. That you don't doesn't matter what comes your way. You have this three center back line. So that's what I meant about disadvantage or advantage. So my point is both your points, Jimmy's point as well about Pulisic, if he's able to cover that space and allow to help, you know, George Sargent, et cetera, and allow those three center backs of Mexico to kind of feel lost in a way, then it will help them. The problem is, right, is that on the other side of things, you have Martin, who like does such a good job at driving those channels as well. And as well, and I think, you know, if Chucky Lozano gets himself more involved. So it's going to be super interesting. So my next question is, Heath, what are the matchups that you're looking at here uh, as these two teams face each other? Yeah, I think it, for me, the matchups are going to come down to, and I'm, I'll start with, with the U.S. matchups versus Mexico. And again, it's like you just mentioned, Josh Sargent can occupy those center backs. Well, that means, you know, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see Gio Reyna be on the inside, put Brendan Aronson. Gio Reyna is so good at vertically connecting the game that I thought that that was missing in this last game, being able to literally connect the lines to be able to advance forward and be able to com have combination play on top of the box so that you have one who's willing to drive at players. And then if you have a team that's going to sit back and get really, really deep and sit in their blocks and, and in a disciplined sense, you have to have a really high level of IQ and technical ability and speed of play to be able to, combine and, and create little spaces, little darting runs, little diagonal runs that put Josh Sargent into better spots, but also with a three back line. That means if you're only playing with one striker, that's where you need to have Gio Reyna and Pulisic and these guys in these pockets, because now again, those are, those are stuck between the lines. And so that's what I really want to see from the U S side. Obviously 
On the flip side, what we've seen is that even if they do sit back or we break the press, Mexico are so good at baiting you into one, two, three passes where you didn't make the right decision and then they're off. And Chucky Lozano, I thought a lot of their passes were off trying to find him in dangerous spaces. But when he goes one-on-one, there's a good chance always that he brings his attack to a conclusion. He's going to get a shot off. He's going to whip a ball in. He's just got that sort of X factor of a player to him. So him against that back line uh, and the discipline of that back line is going to, I think is going to be really important. That leads me to my final point on this is that how we press. I think the team that presses better in this game, whether it's a high press or a low press sitting in lower blocks, that's going to dictate who is the, the, the most successful. We saw in stretches, the U.S. is best when they press. You know, you don't want Pulisic, as Jimmy said, coming 60 yards back to get the ball in a buildup play and having to break down a team because then you need seven, eight, nine, ten passes to be perfect just to get into a dangerous position. Whereas if you're forcing teams to cough up balls and turnovers in bad spaces and they're exposed, that's when you have guys that can run one-on-one and create those magical moments that the U.S. is capable of. So those are the few matchups that I'm looking most forward to in this final. What do you think, Jimmy? Because Tata Martino is very familiar with the press as well. Yeah, no, I think that Mexico's better at pressing than we are. I'll just come out and say that right from the get-go. I think they also know how to adapt within their press. I think they know when to drop off. They, they have, it seems like when I watch, and I say seems, I'm going to put some exclamation points around that, that they have certain cues that help kind of, maybe it's from one center back to the other, then it's time to go. How are we going to trap? How are we going to try to win it? They seem very organized. And I would say much more so than a lot of other national teams that we see, they seem to have that identity. And that's a testament to kind of how Mexico have developed their players in general. And then you have a Tata Martino, who's an excellent uh, coach at that as well. What I'm going to say is because the U.S., can be very good on the press as well, to Heat's point. But maybe they were good against little... Switzerland, by the way, in the first half. They were. They good were. They, but they lack some consistencies. But I'll add yeah. there, and then that they maybe don't know when to go and when to stop as the game wears on. Especially after there's some tactical adjustments from the other team. I'm looking at you halftime, and uh, I would say that whatever team takes advantage of what the other team is giving them is going to go on to win the game. And I say this more from a U.S. perspective because we know, or at least I expect Mexico to high press. The U.S. then is going to have to decide, do we have ego and pride in the way? We're going to do plan A no matter what, no matter what the consequences are, or are we going to adapt? Because if the space is behind the back line of Mexico and we have some players that can make good timely runs and it doesn't always have to be Josh Sargent, he can actually be the one that steps into midfield to try to be the short option. And then as we saw with Christian Pulisic against Real Madrid, he can be the one that runs in behind to get the ball that unlocks everything. If we're looking for those types of things and everybody's on the same page, if everybody's on the same page, the timing can work out great. But it's everybody getting on the same page and everybody being okay with, hey, this is the solution to this play. Mexico is very good at identifying what they're being given and then they'll, they'll take it. And they try to, at times, try to possession you to death. And I worry about that a little bit. Are we ready to play in Denver in a big final chasing the ball around? Knowing well, with, a, with a crowd, that's going to be... Pro Mexico. Mexican. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Jimmy, so are, Jimmy are weren't, we gonna, you, weren't you comfortable with that though? At times you played Mexico. I, I remember that being part of the theme is that you might go long stretches without having the ball, but that's when you've got to tune in. That's when you got to lock in. That's when you have your moments where, you know, you start to have a ballistic start to cheat up the field a little bit where you can lead into counterattacks and being comfortable. Like you said, if the game gives you that, if they are breaking every one of your presses and you got to sit in and be patient, go side to side to side. How can you stay focused for long periods, adapt to the game and, and, and get something out of it as opposed to this new, this new idea that we have because we have so many good players that we've got to play beautifully for 90 minutes and we've got to play teams off the pitch and we've got to ticky tacky our way through everything. Sometimes you come out of the game like you do against Honduras and you go, well, that sucked. Hey, but we won. 
You know, right, right. Um, it no, goes I, back to Jimmy's point though at the very beginning, right? If yeah. there's no plan A, are you worrying about the plan B? Because Graber Holter likes to keep the ball. What happens when they don't have the ball, right? No, it's it's that's been the most the thing that's been frustrating me the most is is just this blind love uh, for and, and no matter what. And I feel like ego and pride does get in the way that like, we're just going to do this. This is how yeah. I want our national team to play. And we need to do this no matter who we're playing against. And I feel like that type of philosophy needs to happen at a much younger national team level. And then as that generation grows up with it, it's going to be very easy for them to, to play it or to, to learn how to adapt around it. And I feel like the Mexican national team has kind of grown up in that system a little bit more. Now, fair play to Greg and his staff for trying to implement that. But I think there's a blend there. When we have an opponent where we know we're going to have a lot of the ball, that's when we can get it in play and maybe try to get that more aesthetically pleasing tiki taka that uh, that I think we're all hoping we get to see. But I also want guys on the field. They're like, listen, we're under a ton of okay, stress Jimmy, right let now. Me, and pressure. Let, me, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick there on that one then. Tell me, would you play this team that started in the last game? Or would you change the team? Well, I don't know if everybody's well, Hold on, hold on. Before you, before you answer that, we're going to take a break and I want the lineups for this game. So let's do that. We're going to take a break. Right. Gagolasso will be right back. And Jimmy will answer about his lineup prediction for the USMNT. <laughs> and we'll give you as well Mexico as well, because I think there's going to be a few changes there. Maybe. So, Heath, thank you for the segue. Gagolasso will be right back. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So so. So so. So so's okay. <laughs> Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso, CONCACAF Nations League final preview, USMNT against Mexico and the consolation game as Honduras face Costa Rica. Heath Pierce, ask that question again, my friend. <laughs> okay, Jimmy Conrad, Hello. Mr. Hi, Heath expert, Pierce. betting expert, ex-professional footballer, World Cup veteran. I've got a question for you. Shoot. Okay. We're talking about plan A, plan B, plan C. That requires a high level of emotional intelligence inside of matches, recognizing moments of how you need to adapt, right? You talked about Mexico. If you saw Mexico, when they're done pressing, you see the whole team just go shift back, and then they start pressing in a, at a different line. And it's very, very well organized when they're doing it well, especially. So in it, with regard to that, to the U.S., and knowing you're playing against Mexico with a three-back three line, good in possession, can spread the field on you, make you chase it. Is this the team that you would put on the field for the U.S.? Or would you make a few changes? Because, my again, to go back to before, my changes were move Reina inside, put Aronson, who can stretch a team and run at players, and is going to put in more of a defensive shift as well, and and, and connect Reina. Unfortunately, that means you don't have a Sebastian Legette, but I think if the more connected um, Reina is to, to Pulisic, to Sargent, keeping Sargent active, having somebody that feeds off of him when you feed it into his feed, I think that would be the few changes that I would make um, on, on the attacking end. What would you do? Well, give me that lineup, Jimmy. Yeah, so, so Stefan and goal, uh, that goes without saying. This is where I'm a bit hung up because... 
do we match Mexico almost position for position and almost make it somewhat mono e mono and, and put up our own back three? I do think that if you had another player that could potentially play out of the backside, I'm, I'm, I honestly think that Tim Ream's time with the national team should have been done like two years ago, but he could potentially provide some type of service here for us because of his passing ability out of the back, which we might need, especially if we're going to be under a lot of pressure. So I, I, I throw that in there and then you could have Robinson and Des. No, as your wing James backs. Berhalter, James Berhalter. You have to, James Berhalter has to give us the lineup. You're giving us speculative things right now. Are give you me saying your Tim lineup, Ream's a starter? Jerry. Is, is Tim Ream your starter? Did you just call me James Burhalter. James okay. Burhalter. <laughs> Tim Ream. Tim Ream is not my starter. I said, like I said, but no, I just. Okay. That, so, that, so okay. wait, hold on, hold on, everybody. James okay. with two so, S's. Do I, not, do I not have any freedom in, to no, room, to roam and think here? You, you do, but but I do like I do like the finalized point. So that's a good point, Heath. So Jimmy, give me your final. Like the game is literally an hour from now. Give me your lineup. Oh my God. Well, I just don't trust Dest. To, to, you know, he's either not holding the just line. Just say it, or, man. Okay. I don't Jimmy, know. I'm, Jimmy, exactly, this, I'm trying to figure it out. You're now talking to the press an hour before the game. You're talking about how you don't trust your players. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, you're you speaking you gotta, as the coach. Yeah, I'm you're James Berhalter with two S's. You know, okay. like how, listen, Scaloni from Argentina was interviewing, right? And he was like, I'll give you the lineup right now. And he gave it. So give me that lineup right okay, now. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, I'll go Stefan. I'll go Dest at left back, reluctantly. And I'm going to say <laughs> this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the coach. I'm going to, so Dest at left back. I'll put uh, Brooks and McKenzie. That stays. I'm going to put Reggie Cannon in because I think he'll be a nice matchup for Chucky Lozano. Uh, I am going to put, if everybody's healthy, Tyler Adams at the holding spot. I am going to take out Legette. I think that uh, either Gio Reyna can go inside uh, with, with uh, Weston McKinney and Brendan Aronson. I like that move a lot. Uh, but I would also consider Musa if everybody's healthy. And then I got Pulisic, Sargent, and... and uh, I guess it would be Aronson out wide because Reyna would be inside. So, so that's who I would go with. And then I'm just going to state it right now as coach, I would be making my subs a lot earlier than the 77th minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, I mean, definitely. I like that. All right, Heath, give me your lineup. I I'm feel like you, the, you yeah, I'm gonna go already back line, actually. I, I thought that the subs and, and again, it's so hard because if you've ever played at elevation, you know that when you hit the wall at elevation, there's no coming back. There's not like a, it's not an ebb and flow where you catch your breath and whatever. It's very hard to catch your breath. So when you see a fresh set of legs come in at elevation, you go, wow, they're moving a lot faster than everybody else is. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Cannon did that. I thought Aronson did that. So I would say let's play Cannon. Um, I'm going to go with Brendan Aronson. Well, wait, go um, from the beginning, man. Okay. So, yeah. So I have same back line. As even, if it, even if it's obvious, go from the okay, same back line. Berhalter. Okay. I'm going with same back line as Jimmy. I'm going well, with Zach and Stephanie. Goal, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Dest, reluctantly, reluctantly. Um, uh, <laughs> you both said be, because Because of this, I think You're not going to say that is, to the press? Go on, keep, yes, just give us your lineup, keep, dude. No, that's true, that's true. I, I can't say why. I, but Greg's got a lot to deal with, with what that's going to be. you got a player at Barcelona who might not be a starter for your national team because it doesn't make sense. He uh, Beers has a lot to deal with right now in this press. Yeah, yeah All right. okay. I, I'm, I'm feeling very heated, guys. This light is a little bright on me right now. Uh, you, I didn't think you were going to ask for the lineup in this press conference don't you have a going, don't you have a don't you have a like a, a wipe in your fanny pack yeah 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 exactly that's the whole point of the fanny pack is you can live for days out of that thing um, <laughs> all right give, got, give me your back got, line <laughs> all right i got brooks uh mckenzie and um and then i've got cannon because i i think he's he, he just matches up pace wise um you guys don't need to know that this is a press conference i'm gonna go tyler adams uh if, if he's fit and healthy Jackson Ewell is the only other option you have to sit in front of that back line if he's not. And then I'm going to go with, I've actually changed my mind in real time. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go with, 
uh, move our, our guy Gio Reyna inside, and he's going to play alongside um, Weston McKinney. And then on the outsides, I'm going Brendan Aronson to stretch him for, for 45, 50, 60 minutes, and, and then uh, Pulisic and then Josh Sargent up top. And, and just like uh, our, our head coach, uh, James, the 2S, Conrad uh, Berhalter, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to put in subs a lot earlier in the game. So I'm going to go with uh, Sabachu. Uh, if I have to go in early, if there's no way to get, if, if you don't get Sergeant in the game, if he's not running the channels, if you're not able to execute him or use him in the way that he's best for the team, because the game is giving you something different, then you make those subs early and you, and you bring those sparks in because you, you're going to need those uh, in the final. All right. So a few things stand out for me from both your lineups. Number one, Reggie Cannon. We're putting a lot of trust into him as he faces clearly Mexico's most dangerous player in Chucky Lozano. Number two, Giorena in the middle. He has to be more involved, being more central. Hopefully, if Tyler Adams is available, that makes that triangle really, really good alongside Weston McKinney as well. And Brendan Harrison. We're putting a lot of faith into him. I think I agree. I think we saw a lot in those last minutes with him. And of course, get those subs in a little earlier. Uh, and I like it. I like everything that you just guys just said, especially because the elevation is going to require those subs to come in later. All right, I want to move to Mexico for a second um, because, you know, uh, there's a few things here, Jimmy. Tecatito mm -hmm. Corona didn't even play. And I'm wondering his availability for this one. I'll just give you, I'll give you very quick my lineup for Mexico. Okay, Memo okay. Ochoa, three center backs. I think you got Edson Alvarez in there, of course. Hector Moreno, Araujo with those three center backs. Herrera and Guardado in the middle. You have to have that uh, experience from La Liga and, of course, of all those years as well. Uriel Antuna remains. I don't know. I think Jesus Gallardo might start this one um, ahead of maybe Artega. So, and then you remain. And then if Tecatito Corona is available, you put him in there. Chucky Lozano and in the middle, I still think you stick with Martin, because his availability and uh, production that he does off the ball is remarkable. So I think that, uh, Tecatito Corona remains a mystery to me because he obviously wasn't available for the Costa Rica game, but would he be available for this one? And if he is, my God, that's another nightmare as well to deal with. Uh, what do you think, Jimmy? Well, I think that would be a, probably a straight swap. So Lionez, I think, would probably make way for Tecatito, um, yeah. all things considered. So then it just depends on which one you want to be a super sub. If he's coming back from a muscle injury, that's not somebody you start, I think, in this type of altitude, potential heat and, and all that. I think maybe he'd come on as a sub. Obviously, a very dangerous sub to see Tecatito come on with 15, 20 minutes left to go to be like, oh, great, sweet. Now I got to chase this guy around. <laughs> uh, and Tuna, for me, I do like what he's done with Chivas Guadalajara this season, and he helped the Mexican national team or the Olympic team qualify for the Olympics. I think he's got something special to his game, but here is some inconsistency there. And he played a season with the Galaxy, so a lot of people should be familiar with all the MLS fans. Artiaga is a good one for me. I could see potentially Carlos Rodriguez coming in and maybe helping solidify on a more defensive mindset, yeah. especially with Pulisic. Also didn't play at all against Costa Rica, but he, it doesn't he matter. Did, he didn't. He didn't. So I, I wonder if there's a thought there that, listen, Antuna can come out and maybe help us attack against Costa Rica. But when it comes down, maybe we need some little bit more to kind of help cover Gio Reyna or, or Christian Pulisic or Dest if he's bombing forward. You have someone who's thinking a little bit more defensively than Antuna does. So yeah. I could see Carlos Rodriguez coming in. Everywhere, everywhere else, though, I agree with you. I think those will be the starting lineup. This is going to be a great game, though, and a great test, not only for them, you know, they, but I think we're pretty familiar with who they are and what they're about, but definitely for our team. Yeah, Heath, what do you any anything from Mexico's perspective? 
Oh, I think you guys are, I, I pretty much agree with that lineup. I actually thought Diego Lainez, Lainez was, was, was pretty good mm-hmm. um, in terms of just being busy, being active on both sides of the ball. I thought that was, it was a huge strength. So when it comes to Tecatito Corona, um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it worth the risk or is it, you know, or, or the potential reward of that, or can you get 30 out of him at his best uh, knowing that he's, he's nursing something or can you avoid it altogether um, if you don't have to like kind of emergency situations only. Um, and Tuna was Mexico's best player in Olympic qualifying. You know, he was actually a player where you're like, wow, um, this guy is incredible. Um, and, and, and able to take over those games. But again, you're playing against the U S squad. And if, if, if you saw in the first half against Honduras, um, um, Gio Reyna was really good at running at players and forcing uh, Honduras to recover quickly and track back and, you know, forced a few fouls and he was going inside, he was going outside and you need teams uh, or players that have the ability to commit to, to both sides of the ball. And again, when you're talking about elevation, there is, there is a real struggle. Maybe it's just me and, 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 and I suffer from it more playing at elevation, but it is a real thing. Um, and, and you have to pick and choose your moments. And, but, but first and foremost, when you're playing for a trophy like this, you want to make sure that everybody knows that, we are, we get behind the ball, we recover, we track back, you know, we, we, we do all those sort of fundamentals uh, in order to give your team, team the best chance of, of, of preventing a team that's very good in the U.S. from, from scoring and then pick and choose your moments to be able to attack and try to score against them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and listen, this midfield battle is going to be really interesting if these lineups are, are facing a lot of experience and a lot of young talent and if Giorena goes in the middle ooh, that would be fun any final thoughts from this game before we uh you know have a few words on the consolation game jimmy yeah i'm just gonna say for betting tips i pretty much bet the over on both semifinals. man i would those are big misses so i'll raise my hand and accept responsibility i thought we would see some goals especially because they're playing an altitude as like everybody got tired with heavy legs there's just gonna be some opportunities there were opportunities people just early on too if they finished the, i know those games if just anybody scored it yeah, could have it it opened up right i know yeah. i know so i'm really looking at it from a betting perspective on william hill at the under the the draw and under two and a half goals after 90 minutes and then it'll go into penalties plus 260 is the favorite line Mexico to win and over two and a half goals is the next favorite to plus 340. Then Mexico to win and under two and a half goals is plus 375. I don't really like the tone that William Hill's taking right now with regard to the U.S.'s chances. But uh, I really like, if we're going to go, if, I, if I'm going to go with my heart, that's probably not the right way to go when you're betting. But USA to win and under two and a half goals at plus 450 is something I'm really looking at. I think that's pretty good value if you think the U.S. can somehow salvage a 1-0 win. Uh, I think that would be probably be the extent of it. But I could see a 1-1. Drawing under two and a half goals at plus 260 is probably what I'm thinking and, and hoping for as well, because I would really like to see the U.S. Uh, to, to take up or stand up, excuse me, and, and just play well, right? Take ownership of who they are, what they're about, and own their space, both individually and collectively against a team that's going to test them. I mean, Mexico, anytime I played against Mexico, their national team or their club teams, they just run at you until you prove to them that you can play. That's how they play. And then once you show that you can demonstrate some composure and, and you can play a little bit, they back off because then they show you that respect. But if you can't play when they put that pressure on, they're going to come at you and they're going to come at you and they're going to come at you and they're going to keep squeezing until you've got nothing left. And then you're going to be tired because you're chasing the ball around as well. So this is, I, I can't emphasize enough how important this game is for us uh, on our side of things. And, and uh, I just don't think it's going to go over two and a half goals. I think this is going to be very similar to the 2019 Gold Cup final between these two when Jonathan DeSantos had to score a banger of a goal to beat us 1-0. Josie Altidore had a good chance in that one. Josie Altidore scores early in that one. That game's much, much different, of course. But there were a lot of 
there weren't a lot of clear-cut chances, and I think we're going to see that again. I think the U.S. will be definitely tight between the lines, and I think Mexico's going to high press, and I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of like uh, action going on in the middle of the field until somebody can figure out how to have that composure and unlock some things. But that's what I'm thinking about from a odds perspective. I love the, it. The, I love it. The only thing I wanted to add to that, Luis, is is and this is sort of my my closing thoughts on on this is particularly for the U.S. is if you go down a goal. Stay in it mm-hmm. because as Jimmy just mentioned, Mexico will wear you down. And when you work as hard as you work for 45, 60, 70 minutes against Mexico and they score a goal, it can feel deflating. It can feel exhausting because you've just put in all of this work and something comes out of nothing and it, and it can happen that way. I've played in these in, in Mexico games and it's, and, <laughs> and it's exhausting, right? You come out of this and you go, man, we, we were doing so well. We had our chances. And now Mexico, who's got possession, are up one nil and they're going to spread out. The Olays are going to happen. There's going to be beer showers coming from the stadium. It's going to be a very pro Mexico crowd. And you could just feel this overwhelming, just sensation that's happening. And so it's about just staying patient, waiting for those moments. You saw again against Honduras, the U S I thought did a good job. I don't even think the U S were very good at all in that game. There were some bright moments, but they found an opportunity at the end to show their quality, to get away with that. And I think you can get that against Mexico is one, two half chances, even if that doesn't uh, come from uh, winning the possession game and they're frustrating you because now you've got players high and wide in all these positions and, and they're running you, they're running you to death, especially at altitude. Um, it's that's the main point I wanted to make is just stay in it. You go down, it's not over. Do not get frustrated. Do not get pulled out of position. Do not get, get sort of, um, you know, go off in, in, in no man's land where you're just all, everybody's thinking about themselves because it can get ugly very quick with Mexico and they can run away with it. They can, they, they want to run away with it. They want you to be like, man, we tried so hard. And then they will just punish you over and over again. And they can do it in a number of ways, not just with possession. I've seen it. I've, I was, um, I had a concussion. So I was in the stands for the 2009 gold cup final in New York. Yeah. Jimmy, I didn't want to bring it up. I played in that game. I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I have to bring it up because yeah. it's zero, zero at half. And then all the things that you mentioned, we got pulled apart and then they ended up it was a know, penalty on the first goal right yeah it was right um j j um j heaps yeah gave a penalty i believe that's um, right and and yeah it was the same sort of thing it was 100 and something degrees on the on on the pitch level it was really really hot it was a sellout at at, at giant stadium of all mexico crowd for the most part i'm big up the american fans that went there but it was it, it was you were playing in in mexico city at that point and and yeah, they stretch you out. They start taking more touches. They they start drawing fouls. They start getting the crowd involved. They start doing all these little things that have these factors on your ability to stay composed. And if you can block that out with these players that all play at big clubs in big situations, stressful environments, I think they have that that mental edge. I hope that they have that at the international level. That will keep you in it because you, there's always one more chance against Mexico that could bring you back in it. Well, give me your score prediction, man. I'm not going to let you just get away with it. Oh, gosh, I didn't. I, didn't, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I'm going to go... Um, and, and I liked Jim, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's under there, KG affair. I'm going to go with, uh, one, one in, 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 um, at the end of regulation. Yeah. And Cause I'm this goes into go extra time, everybody. Extra Cause time. the final goes okay. into extra time. Yeah, so okay, then so I'm, no I'm saying two, one okay, for the U S okay, in, in extra time. All right. Whoa, like that. Whoa, there you go. There you have it. Uh, and I believe William Hill's been not that kind to the USMNT because I still remember Rob Green. I think that's probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Well, there you have it. All right, well, listen, actually, consolation game very quickly. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, uh, 
you know, they gave these two, they gave the USMNT and uh, Mexico a good fight, Costa Rica and Honduras. So what do you expect in this one? Well, I expect it to be cagey. I know that there's not as much to play for, only getting third in this new competition. What I think the, the value is for both teams and for both na- or both coaches for both teams is we finally get another meaningful game. There's a crowd there. We can start to kind of really start to get into a mindset of what World Cup qualifying is going to look like. And they're going to be working on tinkering with their own things, what their best lineup is, what the best formation is. And what I like is that these two teams feel somewhat even. I think if we look at it on the balance, Costa Rica probably have a little bit better attacking players. So I'm kind of curious now that maybe they're when they're not such the heavy underdogs, and I'm speaking about Honduras now, will they come out and play a little bit? Will they try to extend themselves and maybe play a different style than, than they would against the Mexico or the U.S. So it, it, that'll be interesting to see. And I think they have to figure that out. But again, to have a meaningful game for both of these nations is massive uh, as they start to prepare for the Gold Cup and then woke up qualifying. Yeah, I don't know. I see goals in this one. What do you think, Heath? I think there could be goals. Again, it's just so hard to know. You know, you go back to, uh, I think Honduras has played five games since the start of 2020. Uh, they only won one of those, and that was against Trinidad at the Nations League quarterfinal. So this is another competitive match where they get to 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 judge themselves. If you're looking at Honduras, you actually come out of that U.S. game and go, "It's pretty good." Yeah. We matched up against we matched up against the greatest generation in U.S. soccer history. Like you know, uh, of young players, we created a lot of chances. We could have scored goals. We could have been up two nil at one point against the U.S. Um, although the U.S. did have a few chances within there as well. So that's a, a huge positive to take away from that in a, in a meaningful game. Obviously, it's devastating because you're like, eh, we were moments away from penalties or we were moments away, um, you know, a half chance away from, from being in a final. And, and, and uh, that hurts. And the same thing for Costa Rica, you know, to go down on penalties after, after being up in penalties, it's, it's another meaningful match to grow. Obviously there's not really a value in third place in the nation's league. I don't think, um, but there is an opportunity to start to create a little bit of a hierarchy within CONCACAF as we head into world cup qualifying, these games matter. And when you go into world cup qualifying, you're going to talk about, remember in, in, in Denver, we, we played like this, they played like that. These are the strengths. These are the weaknesses. We were able to get away with the things. Here's the things that we can get better at. So it's a chance to really dial in all these things um, that will, will come in handy later on, because you can say that this is disconnected because it's, it's, it's a consolation game, but this is very much connected to the next time these two teams are going to have to play um, in, in qualifying and the next time that they have to play in these games of consequence. So, yeah, I think, I think overall, I, I like, I like um, Costa Rica's chances. They seemed a lot more dangerous than I expected them to be actually in the attack. Um, and so I'm going to go with Costa Rica to win this one also because they've got enough experience in these types of games that I can see Costa Rica being able to, to um, come out of, come out of this inaugural CONCACAF Nations League with something to show for it. Final score. I'm going to go two one. Um, it's, it's such a lazy take, but like, you know, I just want goals until you know, it we, hits. We, until it hits. Yeah, until, until it hits. If it hits, right. you're a genius. Yeah. Put all that. Put uh, all that cash in your fanny pack. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, dude, that's a lot of cash to put into a fanny pack. You know what I mean? Hey, but that's what the fanny pack's for. That's what Absolutely. the fanny pack's for. Exactly, exactly. And the wipes as well. Jimmy Conrad, uh, final score prediction for that one. I'm gonna stay with under. I, I just think that for whatever reason, after what I saw last night as well, I think it's gonna be one zero. I'll say. I'll give it to Honduras here. No Keeler Navas. I think that uh, I liked what I saw from Honduras. I thought they really stuck to the game plan and were a little unlucky not to get more out, out of that game. 
And Costa Rica obviously did what they needed to do to get a result to take it to penalties. But uh, I'll, I'll give it to Honduras just for fun. The big H, the big giant H on their jerseys, which I love. That's like the, Can we all agree that that's the coolest? That's the is. coolest. What did I tell you badge. yesterday, Heath? What did I tell you yesterday? That crest is pretty, pretty, pretty sweet, man. I'm I, not love, gonna lie. Listen, I love. My it. name is Heath. I would wear that stuff all the time. Like it is, it is a, like it's not often that you just just see a logo that is an H and you it's go, so yeah, good. I get it. It's so good. It's white, just an H. It's like where Honduras? What? I love it. Um, I'm going to go with Honduras as well. I think it's going to be 2-1. 2-1 to Honduras in regular time. Wow. We'll see We'll see what happens. Don't, uh, sit, by Don't sit by me during that game. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't. I'll be behind you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, that was it. That was our CONCACAF Nations League final preview. Don't forget, it's on Paramount+. Plus. All the coverage that you need will be on CBS Sports HQ as well. Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, guys. And everybody watching and listening at home, enjoy the game. HP, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And also, by the way, I heard in these doubleheader games that on the weekend games that the U.S. doubles in size of attendance and people flying in. So I expect there to be a much larger crowd come the final. And I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Thank you so much, everybody. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, on Stitcher. If you're watching this, you know that we're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Please subscribe. We are on cbsports.com. I hope you enjoy the CONCACAF Nations League final preview. We have plenty more after this including Euros preview, Copa America, and so much more with the transfers and the contracts on all the players' ins and outs with our talented and our great Fabrizio Romano as well. So plenty more to come from Kegolasso. Have a great, great rest of your day. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made it PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.